Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. I'm so excited you've tuned in. My intention today is to help you see that God cares about how you take care of yourself. In episode 124, Soul Care to Save Your Life, Manda Carpenter will share how God literally saved her life. And you'll hear in the Soul H2O devotion how God saved someone in the Bible's life through soul care. Downloadable journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment. You can find them on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 124, along with anything mentioned in the show. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. To me, Elijah was one of the coolest men in the Bible. He was like the James Bond of prophets. The faith he had in God enabled him to experience and do crazy things. When he prayed, rain stopped for years and then started again. Birds fed him and a boy was raised from the dead. In confidence, Elijah took off his coat, rolled it, and struck the water with it, and the water parted, so he walked through on dry ground. In 1 Kings 18, we read how after years of begging the people to return to their faith in God, Elijah challenged 450 prophets of Baal in a battle of the bands type of event, where both groups built altars, put a sacrifice of a bull on the altar, and then called upon their God to light a fire and burn up their sacrifice while all the Israelites watched. No matter what the false prophets did to call on Baal, the fire didn't come. But when Elijah prayed to God, fire came down from heaven. The Israelites then fell face down and reclaimed their faith as they declared, The Lord, He is God. The very day after this triumph, when King Ahab, the king of Israel told his Baal-worshipping wife Jezebel about the standoff. She went into a rage. Queen Jezebel sent messengers out to tell Elijah she was going to kill him. And in 1 Kings 19 verse 3, it says, Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. Elijah ran for a day into the wilderness, feeling like a failure Completely depressed, he asked God to let him die, begging God to take his life. How can such a man of power, often called the prophet of fire, get to the point where he flees for his life? How did Elijah digress from such confidence in God's power, over 450 men, to cowering in fear over the threat of one woman? In 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion, not even a biting lion. Sadly, the roar of the devil has such a big effect on us. Jezebel, she was just flexing with intimidation. But it's a tactic of the enemy that all too often works on us. You see, every one of us humans, even ministers, are susceptible to fear, intimidation, anxiety, burnout, depression, and all sorts of mental health issues. God just doesn't care that we do things for Him. God cares about our soul health, too. 
He sent an angel to direct Elijah in a few practices of soul care to save his life. He was told to sleep, eat, and drink water that the angel provided for three different cycles of eat, drink, sleep. Only after he experienced physical rest, it says in 1 Kings 19 verse 9 that the word of the Lord came to him. And we know from verses like John 1 1 that Jesus is the word of God. So here, the pre-incarnate Christ spoke to Elijah in his deepest, darkest moment, giving him direction for his next assignments. Soul care quite literally saved Elijah's life, and it can save yours too. God doesn't expect you to have superhuman powers. He created you with three parts, body, soul, and spirit. He designed you with a need for sleep, water, and food. If one of these needs are not met, it's hard for you to hear from God. And I think that's why the word of the Lord only came to Elijah after he took care of himself. Learn from Elijah. God cares about your needs. He actually put them inside of you as needs and practice soul care to save your life. When you think of fall, you think of pumpkin spice lattes, warm, fuzzy sweaters, and time with the family. With MyJoy Radio app, you can enjoy all the things you love about fall while staying tuned to everything you need. Never miss another minute with 24-7 access to the Joy Radio live stream. Get the latest messages from the ministries you love delivered to your smartphone. Be uplifted while drinking a latte or pumpkin patch picking. MyJoy Radio app, available now. Joy Radio, wherever you are. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Amanda Carpenter is an advocate who empowers people and fights for redemption. She's the author of two books, a devotional called Space and Soul Care to Save Your Life. Manda is a neighbor, question asker, and cheerleader of the underdog. She also hosts a longer table podcast, as well as in-person soul care retreats. Manda and her husband, Eric, are foster parents who live with their toddler son, soaking up the sun in Los Angeles, California. I'm a little bit jealous right now as winter is starting to hit here. Welcome to the show, Manda. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. I really really am getting jealous because today I had to put a warmer coat on. So we haven't got snow down here in my area yet, but um, my parents were posting some pictures in our family group chat of snow. So when I hear that people are from Cali, I'm like, oh, wish to be there. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. And I'm from the Midwest. So this is kind of a new thing for me to be experiencing November and December in a t-shirt, but I am loving it. (laughs) I can imagine. I would be too. I absolutely would be too. So I love getting guests to share um, bits of their journey and spiritual walk and things that help them. I'd love for you to share a tool or tip that has helped you to, you know, get into God's word and learn better from it. Yeah. You know, I I think the the best tip that I could offer someone is to to just start small. I think we all 
pressure on ourselves to, you know, like wake up and make spending time with God and being in the word, you know, first thing, you know, that, that there's all these like rules around it. Like it has to be at this time of day, or it has to be for this amount of time, or it has to be, you know, we just, we overcomplicate it. And I'm just not sure that God really cares. I think that it's, it can be more organic than that. And, and when we're in a relationship with God, it doesn't have to be so religious and strict. It can just be organic and relational. And so for me, my best tip is just start small, find five minutes in your day to sit and pray and be with God or to read a verse. Maybe you're not, you know, reading an entire chapter or a large passage, but just a bite-sized verse that you're meditating on. So that's my very practical tip. I love that because I remember when I was a teenager and I heard people always talking about it has to be the morning, has to be the morning. And I I'm not, you know, I was not a morning person and it just felt this guilt and I could never do it. I'd try to wake up, but, you know, I hit my snooze 40 times in the morning. And so, you know, for me, nighttime was best and freeing yourself from those constrictions that other people can put on you. I think it makes our our time in the word better because we're just not feeling the the pressure for sure. So what's a verse that maybe has guided you or has been, you know, momentous in your life? Yeah, I mean, goodness, there's obviously a lot of verses I could choose from, but the one that has stood out in the last couple of years for me is in the book of James, and it's a really simple verse. I'll kind of say it in my own words, and it's, I think mm-hmm. the way that I say it is the message translation, but um, if we confess our sins to each other, we will be healed. And what that verse is referring to is being in relationship and community with other believers, essentially what the church should be, a place where we don't show up shiny and put together, looking our best and hiding our secrets and our sin and our baggage, but rather a place where we come together and we we bear our souls with one another. And in doing that, in that act of courage and vulnerability, that we actually experience healing, we actually start to experience the transformation of Christ. And so that verse in James has been like my go-to in the last couple of years. It's definitely been like my new favorite. That is a powerful verse, but it's dangerous. It's risky. You know, in some of the more traditional translations, it says, you know, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So lots of power in that verse. But we can read that. And that is scary to actually live that out. But I, I've read parts of your book and, and, you know, not quite finished it yet. But you literally open up by sharing with readers that you were unfaithful to your husband early on mm-hmm. in your marriage and you kept it hidden for years. So I'm wondering what made a change in you that you realized that you, well, first of all, you had to deal with it and with mm-hmm. this mistake and, and to stop keeping it covered but to actually live out James 5.16, like that's scary. Yeah, it is scary. I mean, it was terrifying just to, to, to explain. When, when that happened, for me, it wasn't an ongoing thing. It was sort of a mm-hmm. one and done thing. Um, yeah. And without giving it all away, I know I express this in the book, but it was essentially a, a friendship that was really an emotional affair, but that was unknown to me at the time. I wasn't living in a state of consciousness and awareness and maturity to be aware that that's, to call it what it was. And Mm -hmm. so the moment that that became 
school wasn't a recurring thing for me, but it was a one-time thing. And it was truly like somebody flipped a light switch and I was aware and ashamed. Um, probably how they felt in the Garden of Eden when all of a sudden they realized they were naked, right? They had sinned and they mm-hmm. suddenly there was shame. And the hiding piece of it, it comes from that shame. And so what I would say is, yes, it is absolutely scary to confess and to come forward and to uh, to do that, whatever it is that someone needs to do in order to live a life in the light, whatever that means to them, because it can mean a lot of different things to people. Not everyone's going to share the same struggles and stories as, as I have, but that mm-hmm. is why it took me so long to come forward, even though what was done was so far in the past. Day by day, there was just this tug of war inside of me that, you know, it was like the enemy was saying, you know, you're better off dead. You've made this mistake. It's unforgivable. Like, you'll never come back. this, Right. All these like horrible thoughts that just were eating away at me and, and just feeling guilty. But the beautiful thing is that the Holy Spirit's voice was louder. And that mm. voice said, trust me, come mm-hmm. forward clean, confess that there's actually life on the other side of this secret and that there's real healing. And so I did, I made that confession. It was one of the scariest things I've ever done. And then I probably mm-hmm. second scariest thing was sharing it publicly. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the first time telling my testimony in public, I, I told the girls as I got through halfway sharing the story, I said, this is about as comfortable as sitting in front of you and uh, waxing my legs. <laughs> Yeah. So painful, yeah. painful at first, but as God continues to heal and and I'm I'm sure that each time you share it, there's a different level of healing that comes and you're absolutely right and I, I'm so thankful for your honesty and your openness because the truth is that when we keep things um hidden, we don't experience that healing, but then when that kind of band-aid gets ripped off, that's when the healing can come. That's when the true transformation happens. So I can't wait to come back after the break to hear even more. I'm Amanda Carpenter from episode 124, and my music pick song for the Soul H2O radio and podcast show is Fill My Cup by Andrew Rick. To a city I cannot see. Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at Joy Radio? Well, the wait is over. I'm Holly Taylor of Good Company. And I'm James Curtis of The Drive. Subscribe to our Joy newsletter, Living Joyfully. And on the second Tuesday of each month, you'll gain exclusive access to powerful testimonials from fellow listeners, inspiring news, opportunities to serve, and much more. Staying connected to Joy Radio has never been easier. Subscribe at joyradio.ca and become a joyful insider. Joy Radio. Wherever you are. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back from the break with neighbor, question asker, cheerleader, foster parent, and mom who writes amazing books, Manda Carpenter. Now, Manda, you call yourself a recovering performer And you talk about how you were raised in a home that valued productivity over everything else. I hear you, girl. So I was wondering, how did it play out in your life? And and how were the after effects felt when you were growing up? Yeah, I I know there are a lot of us who can relate to this. Um, I don't know 
what was in the water then, but I think I'm, I'm really encouraged to see that the tide is changing a little bit and that, that even culturally in, in our society, there's a shift away from just the hustle mentality and that rest is laziness or needs to be earned. But basically I actually got pretty sick in high school. I had all these like really weird symptoms from uh, the lymph nodes in my armpits were really swollen. My eyes swelled shut and I couldn't open them. I was going to a dermatologist, an ophthalmologist, an allergist, like all these different doctors trying to figure out what was going on. And we never got an answer. And truly I think uh, what healed me is that I ended up bedridden. I missed like 30 days of my senior year of high school. And I, I think it was honestly the, the only thing that we can think that it could have been was stress. And so in my book, Soul Care to Save Your Life, I obviously start with some really like severe things that happened in my life and the consequences. And I talk about that in the inner healing, but also this book gets into why we need to care for ourselves on, on every level, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, um, because our, our minds will lie. Our minds will tell us like, we're Mm. doing great. We're okay. You can pull an all nighter. You can get this done. You can achieve more or you should. And at the same time though, your body doesn't have that ability to lie. It can't lie, which is such a gift from God. Um, and Mm. so we have to learn to pay attention to it. And that has been so much of my journey is like unlearning this narrative that wasn't helping me that I grew up with in a household that said, you know, you constantly had to be on and doing and more and that that was just the kind of the only way uh, kind of unlearning that and now figuring out, okay, what does it mean to actually honor my body, to pay attention to it, to treat it like it's truly a gift from God. It's even made me relook at the verses in scripture about your body being temple of the Holy spirit from a whole different angle. Um, and looking at the life of Jesus in the gospels and seeing how he rested, he napped like Jesus, Jesus mm-hmm. actually napped. He was a guy who was obviously God in the flesh, but had the ability to live up to his full potential. And yet he didn't, I would argue. And so I write about that in the book. Mm-hmm. I, when my kids were little, it was something that I had to unlearn, which, you know, I don't know if I totally unlearned it enough time for them. <laughs> but uh, hopefully in lots of ways, they they are, you know, living life differently than I do and taking time out for themselves, which I'm so proud of them for. But I remember a counselor encouraged me to lay on the bed with my kids and talk about stories and discuss things because, you know, you just make yourself not be able to move. And so we would go and lay on my bed, the three of us, and just talk. And it was so good for me, but it was it was everything in me to not just get up off that bed too soon, but to just lay there and talk and allow that time for soul care, which is so important. Your book yeah. It really can change lives because you're sharing from a place of you've walked this. Like it's not just a theory for you. You have experienced Mm -hmm. it. You've seen the growth. Uh, I got to just add in here. It's also a beautiful book. Like it looks so good. My husband said to make sure that I tell you as an artist, he thinks it is so artistically done. It's just incredibly beautiful. And I I don't know, he he thinks it's more important than my, you know, liking it because he's an artist. But (laughs) (laughs) well, thank you. Means a lot. A lot of symbolism, even in the cover of the book. 
Yeah, that was really intentional because this book isn't light and fluffy. And so it wouldn't make mm-hmm. sense for the cover to, you know, I don't I didn't want to trick anyone into thinking that what they're getting is all fun and um, easy and light. Uh, this is this is dark and moody, right? The book starts sort of like a memoir. It's my story. And then I really invite mm-hmm. you into it every single chapter, deeper and deeper. And each chapter ends with five reflection questions that you can use for yourself, if you're someone who's like, I want to grow, I want to experience transformation, but maybe I've never tried therapy or that intimidates me, or I don't really have the community that Amanda describes in her book that we, you know, all aspire to have. And so you can use those questions alone, or you could be really courageous and vulnerable and use them with people in your life, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a mentor. Uh, And so, yeah, I wanted the cover though, to really reflect that this is an inside journey that this we're going to be dealing with stuff that no one can necessarily see but we all Mm. feel and experience Uh, yeah i love you offer a kind of an invitation to shifting our focus from that performing and that faking almost um to purposeful living and you talk about how it does like you just said from the inside out and you take readers kind of through this journey to get there And one thing that you talk about is identifying the habits that are holding you back. And so how Mm -hmm. do people do that? How do you start to become aware of those things? Yeah, well, you said it. The very first thing is awareness. I mean, you can't change what you don't know. And so we have to know ourselves well. And so kind of the first third of the book, if we were to break it into thirds, the first third is all about awareness and how you gain it and how you seek it and how you, you know, what's awareness. And whose voice do I listen to and how do I discern all that? The second part of that, the second third is ownership. Okay, well, mm-hmm. then we have to own what we find out about ourselves. But ownership is not justifying or making excuses. It's not saying, well, my personality is just messy, so that's just the way I am. You know, it's like <laughs> ownership is, okay, I recognize that I have a tendency to be this way due to my childhood and due to my personality. But I know that it holds me back and it causes a lot of relational uh, turmoil and turnover. And so anyways, there's so much we could get into, but that third part, that final part is really how do we exchange those habits? Can we actually take tangible steps to try something different? And so I I go about it, my, my approach based on my own lived experience is maybe we don't have to change everything all at once overnight in a really dramatic way because for most of us, it's kind of like New Year's resolutions, that's, that ends up being right? It's like if you never work out and you suddenly think you're going to work out five days a week, it, it's probably yes. not going to happen. For a lot of us, we have to start small and we have to make incremental changes. But we also can't just make changes because someone's telling us to. We have to get to the root to understand why we are behaving the way that we are. And then we can actually find healing and transformation from that. And so, uh, yeah, it's sort of this three-part journey. And it starts with that awareness. It starts with being willing to seek feedback and solicit it even. And so, oh gosh, I, yes, I, I know it's my own book, so it sounds really silly, but I wish I could gift every, everyone a copy. Because what I'm doing is I'm really just sharing, hey, my life, is so much better now than it used to be. And it's not on my own doing. There are tangible steps that I've taken, but it is through a relationship with God. And if I could give you, you know, there's no formula, there's no magic 12-step, you know, program here. But if I could give you these soul care practices and you would be willing to just experiment with them, 
I would love that for you, right? And so that's mm-hmm. that's what the book is doing. It's these 15 chapters, one practice per chapter. Manda, I could talk to you for days and I just want everyone to get that book. I wish we had the finances to give everyone a book that's listening, but you can check it out on the show notes and find out where to grab it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a joy to talk to you. My intention was to help you see that God cares about how you take care of yourself through the life of Elijah and Manda Carpenter. So my challenge for you is to do just that. Get the sleep, water, and healthy food God created you to need. Be good to yourself, and you'll be in a better place to hear God speaking to you. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 124, Soul Care to Save Your Life. Make sure to check out the show notes for scripture graphics and information about our guest at soulh2o.com slash 124. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.